guys, Jim Cox, FFG Advisors, Park Avenue Securities, and I'm here today with an interview with Marissa Rosen. She's with a company called Climate Social, and we're going to talk really about, you know, how do we formulate a message to um, get people motivated to take climate change seriously. Um, you know, the UN has given us kind of a 12-year window, so we really don't have a lot of time. So, uh, Marissa, thanks for taking the time to chat today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me here. Awesome. So, tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, where do you come from? What's your education? What have you done? Sure. Um, I am in St. Louis, Missouri, mostly born and raised here in the Midwest and have spent some time on the East Coast up near you, Jim, um, and am now back in the Midwest. Um, I have a background in communications and also a master's degree in environmental studies. And uh, my background, I guess you could say, has kind of shifted from one thing to the next but always have had my finger and my passions in both communicating and relationship building, but also in um, caring about the environment and about our planet. And um, as years have gone by, the way that in which we communicate has shifted a lot from print to digital. And around 2012, I found myself uh, with this just finished master's degree and love of connecting people and um, helping others to advocate for just reasons and and um, started this new career path and eventually my new business um, doing sustainability um, advocacy and also um, helping companies um, to get their messaging out about the work that they're doing. So Climate Social is my business and um, we're small firm um, that caters to green businesses. Um, some are NGOs, some are small businesses and um, larger companies as well. And I help them to get their messaging out to the public about what it is that they're doing, how they are making their products more efficiently, maybe using less energy, less water, or how they're standing up for certain social causes. Um, so that's the work that I do now. It's largely focused on social media, using those tools that we all have at our fingertips in Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Um, also helping with doing blog posts and website content to help companies, um, as they're doing these great things, um, help the world understand why it is they're doing what they're doing and how um, their actions can further sustainability and why stakeholders and why consumers might want to choose their company over another. Um, I definitely don't get into to greenwashing and that sort of thing, but really try to help um, companies and thought leaders focus on uh, genuine change and advocacy. For people not familiar with, what, what is greenwashing? That would be, you know, look at us, we're doing so many great things. Uh, our company is all natural, for instance. Um, what is natural? That's not a defined term. Um, <laughs> or when companies say, you know, look, we have these really lofty goals, but they're not doing anything to prove that, uh, that they're valid or that they are actually working towards them in a scientific fashion, uh, that's, that's greenwashing. Making consumers, making the public think that you're really sustainable and you're not. 
Um, that might even be, you know, painting your packaging with a green color and uh, pretending that you're environmentally focused when you're not. That's, that's kind of greenwashing in a nutshell. So I'm curious, what do you do when you come across companies that are greenwashing? Do you kind of call them out on it? Yeah, uh, well, personally, as an individual, um, I frequently call out companies um, for greenwashing, but also um, just when I see that there's a way that they could be doing things better, you know, not using styrofoam or um, turning out the lights when your business is closed at night, things like that. I frequently turn to social media and let companies have a piece of my mind in a very nice and, you know, um, constructive fashion. I think that social media is something that is so accessible to anybody and, and companies for the most part really do care. They want to hear from, um, from their consumers because, you know, we live in an age where things really do need to be transparent and your consumers, A, they care and B, they have ways to, um, cause a stir when they're unhappy or make things, um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, social media is just out there, and you can look at different companies' Facebook pages and see who's writing what, um, whether it's like Yelp reviews or whether it's companies um, having their stay on the good or the bad. Or, I mean, sorry, the consumers having their say on the good or the bad that they're seeing companies do. Um, social media really is just a way for, for people to have their say. Yeah, and I mean, the reality is, um, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk brings up the point where, you know, in, you know, the 1960s, it was okay for you to be a jerk in, you know, Seattle, because you could always go to Chicago and nobody would know, but the reality is these days that if you're going to be a schmuck to somebody, it's going to follow you around and mm-hmm. it's, it's not going to go away because of social media. Right. Right. Um, it just doesn't. Whether you're an individual person and you're a job seeker eventually or if you're a company and and you put out um, controversial pieces or one of your executives has controversial things to say, um, you know, that's going to be out there. That's going to be local news and national news if necessary, you know? Yeah. Um, things just don't go unnoticed or untalked about anymore these days and, and there will be followers wherever you're at. And that's the nature of social media. So, I mean, I know that I've seen it in the past number of years, but it seems like a lot more companies are embracing the ideas or the ideals, I guess, of sustainability and, and um, you know, addressing kind of the elephant in the room in terms of what we need to do to address issues around climate change. You know, okay. have, what have you seen in terms of, you know, that kind of shift over the past, like, let's say, five years? Absolutely. Um, I've been in this sort of sustainable business space um, for a handful of years now, and I see that companies are taking it more seriously. Um, every year there are more companies that are reporting to organizations like the GRI, the Global Reporting Initiative, or um, CDP, which was formerly the Carbon Disclosure Project, uh, they put out these calls for information for companies to submit um, all, you know, info about their suppliers, about uh, the way they, they are compensating their employees and things like that, how many... Um, 
you know, whatever the measurement is, gigatons of carbon they're emitting each year. Um, it, it matters. And consumers care. Um, and more and more companies are reporting um, and they're taking real actions. There's definitely those leaders that stand out from the crowd, like the Patagonias and, um, you know, different B Corps, for instance, like Unilever, um, and they're, they're standing out and they're making it public. You know, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. And they're taking a stand um, and, and they're showing that these issues matter, not just to the earth, but they, to their bottom line as well. Um, they realize that they need to start protecting the planet because if we don't have um, forests anymore from which they can draw upon, or we don't have clean waters to make uh, a beverage, for instance, then what does it matter? They realize that it's, it's, it's all about their product and we're all on one planet in the end. So um, companies are certainly taking action and taking stands and making it more public, I think, even much more now in 2019 than they were um, even five years ago. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. And I mean, I've been doing socially responsible investing for 12 years. And I mean, it's, that was the dark ages, you know, 12 years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's just amazingly, it's come a long way. What, um, so to kind of tack from like the business aspect to consumers, um, you know, how do we get people to kind of change behaviors to embrace, you know, the call that came out last year where, you know, the UN says we have really 12 years to eliminate, you know, the carbon dioxide from the economy, the the production of of CO2, in order to uh, limit the impact of climate change going forward. You know, how do we get people motivated and organized around a message that can uh, can sustain that mm-hmm. yeah um, you know unfortunately we live in such a politically motivated environment these days where it seems like everybody is either Democrat or Republican you're either liberal or conservative and um, you know the other one's wrong the other one's bad but it's not the case of course we all have family and friends that are on the other side of whatever political spectrum uh, we fall into but you know we, we all really need to come together and understand that this is our one planet um, no matter your race or your gender or your political beliefs um, that we need to start taking action seriously and I think um, what's always the case is People need to communicate and talk to each other one-to-one, have those conversations at your dinner table, have those conversations in your workplace, and make the bosses or the staff or whoever you're talking to understand that this is important. Um, It's not just because, hey, I'm a liberal or, hey, you know, I'm a vegan or whatever the reason is why um, individuals might care the most. It's... It's, um, it's much more than just a money issue or a social issue. It's our planet. And, um, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of uh, commotion on the other side of the spectrum, of, of whatever spectrum that might be. People are saying great things and horrible things about the, the Green New Deal. 
Um, will it come to fruition? We don't know. But what I think is important right now in the news in you know, April 2019 is that people are beginning to talk about it more, and it's finally hitting mainstream conversations. And um, outlets like ABC and CBS and NBC are talking about these topics more. And so it'll be playing in people's living rooms and on their televisions, wherever they might be. Um, just you know, more and more communication coming out of mainstream, coming out of um, TV, publications, radio, movies, everything. Um, and then thus filtering down into conversations that people are having with one another. It's just um, vitally important. And companies are leading the change. Unfortunately, America's political scene right now is not... Um, super focused on climate change or sustainability, but um, I have faith that in coming years that will change. So um, the action, people, again, people using the tools of social media to talk to companies that they use or that they see could be doing better for one reason or another. Um, companies care. And, and a lot of this comes down to um, local communities, too. It's not, it's not all the federal government, because that's all kind of in this um, big, unreachable, um, you know, D.C. level. But we have, uh, everybody lives in a jurisdiction with, you know, a city or a county where you can actually access your politicians and let them know what's important to you and ask them for change. And, and you might be surprised. Um, I see you know, community groups that um, come together around recycling um, or around, uh, like we, we have these um, like e-recycling days where everybody can bring in their computers. You know, uh, th those sort of things are small, but they matter. And so everybody can have a voice. Everybody can take action um, in one way or another. And, again, I keep talking about social media because I'm into it personally and also professionally. Um, and I'm involved with a lot of Facebook groups and LinkedIn groups where um, people either locally or nationally are coming together to talk about these issues and share best practices. So whether it's, um, you know, at your kitchen table or in your, in your boardroom or in the digital chat rooms, um, there's certainly ways to exchange best practices and um, share what you're doing, share your successes, um, and help to motivate others to be change leaders too. No doubt. You know, one of the, um, I was talking to somebody uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about uh, the issue of uh, uh, indigenous peoples and uh, racism, and, you know, one of the things that he brought up is the need to, the only way to kind of overcome the issues around racism is to create a, a common, um, a common history, a common a sense of commonality between everybody that everybody can share. And, you know, that seems to be the, the challenge because you have, you know, a core of people that either resist or don't care about climate change. And then you have another core that does, and you have this, this vast majority in the middle that are, you know, confused one way or the other. Yeah. Um, you know, how do we go about building a consensus? Is is it just by having conversations? Because what if those conversations don't have a focus in terms of getting to a particular goal? I mean, they're not really not going to pull people one direction or another. Mm -hmm. um, right. I think that 
change naturally occurs over the decades and over generations. Um, if you're talking about the race issue, we, we're certainly living in a different time. I mean, you know, those pockets and the occurrences that we see on TV all too often, but um, in general, our society is much more blended across the country than we were um, 50 years ago, right? Um, so if you think about it that way, it, it takes time. <laughs> Obviously, we don't have time when it comes to climate. We need to yeah. be acting today, but I get inspiration from seeing, for example, the the youth that are striking around the world right now, they're saying, we're not going to go to school. We're going to, it's actually um, Friday, Fridays for the future is what they're calling it. Um, and, and it started in Europe and now they're in hundreds of countries. Um, or sorry, about maybe a hundred or so countries around the world um, where students are speaking out using their voice, using their um, stance to say, you know, this is real and we care and you're leaving this planet in our hands and we're going to be alive in 60 years from now, <laughs> whereas today's politicians might not be. Um, so I think it's, it's really a, not a generational issue, but um, I think that we're going to see more and more activism and change um, as we go forward. You know, the kids who were 14 at the last presidential election, um, they've now gone through high school and they're going to be voting in 2020. And they probably see the world through much different eyes than uh, their parents and grandparents do. So I think we're going to be seeing those changes uh, more rapidly because today's youth, they're awoke and they care. They're passionate. Um, I'm making large generalizations, but... You understand what I'm saying on that. I think it's, it's a matter of time. Um, but again, it's, um, it's activism, and it's just going to become the thing that people feel compelled to do as they see more floods, more wildfires. Um, to a lot of us, it's obvious already that climate change is happening because we see it with our own two eyes, and there's plenty of reports out there. Scientists have already made the case climate change is real. It's not... <clears throat> A, a debate, it's, it's scientific evidence, um, but as more and more communities get impacted on a personal level where their homes are flooded or, you know, unfortunate other natural disasters happen because of climate change, um, it, it's, it's going to be more apparent. Unfortunately, uh, what we've seen in 2017 and 18 with these horrible, you know, natural disasters they're not going to stop. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. it's going to be just more and more in people's face that this yeah. is climate change and this is what we're dealing with. Um, so, you know, whether you're a business leader or a community leader or um, just anybody, I think that it's going to be hitting home, whatever home is, it's going to, it's going to be there. And so people do need to um, just come together and figure out how to deal with the situation, uh, which is, is taking action. It's, it's figuring out how we can decarbonize our economy. Yeah. Um, and that's really a thing. And, you know, there's a lot of, I won't get into the technicalities, but decarbonization and, and reversal of the carbon that's already out there is um, what's going to be necessary to allow us to continue to thrive and continue to have a habitable, habitable planet. No doubt. Um, <clears throat> you know, I'm reminded you when we're talking about this, we're talking about like uh, people's 
<clears throat> whether they're businesses or whatever, um, um, putting out their stories. But one of the things that I really find missing, and, I, and I've actually been actively looking for, are, are stories of people that actually end up going through these events, so whether or not, like, people who, uh, you know, live through Katrina, you know, people who, you know, in uh, North Carolina when the hurricane hit um, and they were living next to the, uh, the uh, swine facilities and uh -huh. the pollution that, that took place there, um, you know, the... Um, you know, somebody from, people from Puerto Rico that, that lived through Maria, you know, to actually, and I was actually talking to somebody a couple of days ago that, um, his family lived in paradise, um, oh. that was wiped out by the, uh, the fires last year. And, yeah. um, you know, he was the first person I heard. And I actually, I was, I was surprised that, that, um, you don't hear those stories because I think if you, if people shared those stories more, and maybe it's a matter of trauma that it, it's too traumatic to share. But if people shared those stories, I think we could build kind of a common experience that, you know, gets everybody on the same page. It says, yeah, I don't want that to be me. You know, I don't want that to be my kids. So just food for thought, maybe. Right, right. I agree. I have a friend that lives in Houston, and her whole house was yeah. just flooded. She pretty much had to um, depart with all of her material possessions uh, after the hurricane and the floods that hit down there in uh, the summer of 2017. Exactly. And it, it exactly. And, and you never hear those stories. You never hear right. those stories. And you know that like a huge number of people must have, I mean, how many houses were contaminated by mold? And mold's like a huge health issue, you know? It's right. like, it's not like you could just go back in, let the house dry out a little bit, and just go back in. No, there's, it's, it's, it's severe stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people I know, even you know, last summer in Northern California, right, like you mentioned Paradise, and uh, so many families were uprooted from that, but the after effect from that where the smoke was traveling yeah. down into the Bay Area and up to Washington, um, creating a health hazard for millions of people. Yeah. It's just frightening, and we're going to see more and more of these topics and, and health issues, and, you know, whether it's mold or smoke inhalation or floods um, or, you know, flooding EPA Superfund sites that go along with it, it's, it's horrible, and it's, uh, we all hope it doesn't happen to us, but it's you know, most likely in our lifetimes, we're, most people that we know are going to be affected by it in one way or another. Um, yeah, I mean, there's secondary health effects that we're going to we're going to be in the aftermath of, regardless whether it's polluted water or polluted air. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention just the regular polluted water and air that we all. Uh, are Enjoy. in contact with every single day, you know, yeah. whether related to a natural disaster or not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So exactly. We have a lot of issues at our hands. So, um, what would you, what would be your advice to a company that is looking to become more sustainable, but they don't know what to do? 
Like, what would you? Be, you've had some experience in terms of kind of guiding people or, or seeing how different companies behave. What would you be, be your advice to a company that is looking to make a change in terms of its kind of corporate behavior? And mm-hmm. where should they start? What should they do? Yeah, um, that's a great, very broad question. Um, but I myself am not a sustainability consultant. I am a communication specialist, but I work for consulting firms that have this job where they go into a Fortune 500 company and they talk to the executives and they talk to the factory workers and talk to um, you know all the middle management and all the other employees and they get a gist of what's going on, um, who's in charge, what's important to them, but also you know what's important to their stakeholders, to their shareholders, um, and to the public, and they research um, what's happening, what are the trends in this industry, but how can they stand out from their competition? How can they make the change that matters, not only to all the stakeholders, not only to their bottom line, um, but then, you know, hopefully they really care and they really take it to heart, um, and they do this for the right reasons, um, then it depends. It depends on the company and the industry and the product or the service that they're providing and where is going to be the best bet for them to take action. Um, and that can range, of course, from, from water or energy issues to um, a more a sustainable supply chain a supply chain using um, less toxic chemicals or um, transitioning so that your products aren't coming from area in the rainforest so that you're not contributing to forest loss or degeneration. Um, but you can figure out, you know, what are the tools and what's accessible. Um, you know, I, for one example, a buzz term that is really big right now is regenerative agriculture. So if you're a consumer product manufacturer in the food production space, let's say, um, you can start to look to suppliers that are farmers that are implementing these um, better, more uh, regenerative, renewing um, practices on their farms using less pesticides and chemicals and and really um, doing what's right for the planet and for the consumers. So, you know, you might look there as an example or figure out how your factory can um, implement renewable energy or get offset credits. Um, I mean, there's, so there's a million ways that I can answer that question. But I think um, getting a consultant, there are plenty of consultants out there, uh, many that I know and have um, good relationships with that, that do this, that they come into a company and they assess everything um, that they're doing in their practices from top to bottom, financially, um, environmentally, socially, and, and they'll be able to suggest practices and come up with a plan and say, this is your short term, you know, in the next two months, we're going to start with this, we're going to do this research, um, you know, get all the knowledge that we need at our fingertips in order to come up with a strategy, and then implement that. And it would be, you know, starting with the more immediate in a few months and come up with long term goals for five or 10 years down the road. Um, How much carbon are you going to save or how many um, liters of water are you going to save per year, whatever that practice might be, and then put it into place and follow up and be, um, you know, have their finger on the pulse of the company, how they're 
doing, keep contact with their executives, um, and really kind of guide them through step by step from start, you know, into the practice and into managing and monitoring their metrics to see if they're really stacking up and, and then make incremental improvements over time. So you don't just come up with one plan and say, this is it, we're doing so well. Um, but how do you get more closer to zero, to zero emissions, or to um, closer to zero water usage, if, if that's something that is an issue for your company. So and it just, it depends. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I say for companies out there that might be listening to this, uh, find a great sustainability consultant to work with or a consulting group, um, because there are plenty out there that are really specializing in this and can really help you. Awesome. Um, you know, it, it occurred to me that, you know, let's say a company is, has, um, sustainable products and it has a specific market of people that it, um, has designed this, these products for, and it, the, it wants to put these products in front of the consumers, but the reality is what if the consumers are not educated enough to make the right choice and choose the sustainable product over one that let's say is not sustainable and cheaper from, yeah. you know, uh, from a, that standpoint, um, you know, is part of the solution on your on your, your behalf to kind of, uh, fertilize the soil, so to speak, in terms of educating the consumer about the differences between, the different types of products that are out there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and this is where, like, the executives and the thought leaders within organizations uh, really need to start elevating themselves and being public as uh, the change agents on social media or in guest blog posts to publications or in TV interviews um, to help the public understand why it matters and why um, their product might be better. But most importantly, I think, is that um, the leaders of companies in this instance um, start to act as educators too and you know maybe 10 years ago they never thought that they would be in this position where they need to take a stance on sustainability if they are a chief marketing officer but you know that's kind of the world that we're living in now is um if you have a company and you care about sustainability um you need to be an advocate for it and um, you know, and this is like where it's all kind of gray is like, are you just advertising um, and trying to get your product out to market or is your product really better? And there's actually a reason why we should listen to you and why we should buy from you. Um, and so, of course, that's up could be up for interpretation. Um, but. Sorry. Um, I think that it's up to the brand to to put it out there. And again, be transparent. Have social media where your stakeholders can um, write to you and ask you about the ingredients list or ask you about um, how much energy your company is using and that sort of thing. Um, It's it's this giant ecosystem of um, consumers, 
companies, you know, they may want to do the right thing, but they need to make sure that the end user is aware of why they should be purchasing them. And, and oftentimes, unfortunately, um, consumers have to make that decision. They might probably be spending more money for um, a good that is organic or is um, Rainforest Alliance, for example, like certified by the Rainforest Alliance to say that um, this chocolate bar um, is not causing any harm to the land from which it came. Um, you know, so consumers pay a small premium to have a product that is better. Um, but where I'm really seeing some encouraging things happen is at the larger level, um, for instance, with Walmart and Target um, and all the, some larger, uh, what you would call a big box store, they're taking action and they're requiring from the companies that they're, you know, whose products are on the shelves, um, that they're meeting certain criteria. So this is all still maybe in its infancy and the average shopper at Walmart wouldn't have a clue what they're doing on a larger level for sustainability, but there is really action taking place there, which is promising. Um, not saying that they're perfect, but the fact that it's on their radar and they're requiring more transparency and knowledge from the companies which they are um, selling to the consumers is a big move in the marketplace. Yeah, no doubt. And again, with companies like Walmart or you know, um, just larger retailers, you end up with, you know, obviously purchasing power that drives a quantity of change. And so you can, yeah. you can just affect larger scales of degrees of change. Exactly. Awesome. Um, I appreciate you taking the time to chat today. If people want to reach out to you to learn more or to, to get in touch with you, how can they do so? Please do. Um, you can contact me through my website, which is climatesocialmarketing.com. Again, it's climatesocialmarketing.com, um, and that'll have links there to my social media platforms and a uh, contact form that people can drop me an email to. So, yeah, thank you so much again, Jim, for having me on your podcast today. It's been a pleasure, um, and I certainly hope to hear from some of your listeners that they can, they can contact me and I'd be happy to, to be in touch with them. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thanks, Marissa, for taking the time and I'll talk to you soon. Take okay, care. Okay. Thanks, Jim. Take Thanks. care. Bye-bye.